and welcome to TV Watch, a podcast from Digital TV Europe looking at the biggest news and trends in the worlds of broadcasting, streaming and everything else to do with the TV industry in Europe and further afield. I'm Jonathan Easton, Deputy Editor of Digital TV Europe and on today's show I welcome back Konstantinos Papavasilopoulos, Principal Analyst at Omdia, to talk about the Research House's new report looking at the Indian TV market. India, if you hadn't noticed, is a pretty big place. As of 2020, it has a population of 1.38 billion people, making it the second most populated country in the world behind China. And those people have approximately 2.76 billion eyeballs and ears with which to consume video content. And consume they do! with one of the most lucrative video markets in the world, which is increasingly being tapped into by Western players like Disney, Netflix and Amazon. Joining me now to discuss the state of play in the Indian market is Omdia's Konstantinos Papavasilopoulos. The first topic I want to talk about is something which is quite topical, the uh, the announced merger of Z and Sony India, which has had a, a lot of drama around it. Can you talk about what's going on there? Because there hasn't really been much news in the past few weeks. First of all, uh, in previous report, we have said that uh, the Indian market is ripe for, for mergers and acquisition. And actually, we have seen some, some big mergers, especially among uh, satellite uh, operators. For instance, between this, which is a Z uh, company with a video con- uh, due to AIDS, D to AIDS, sorry. So we've seen some kind, we, we know the big merger in the telecom sector of Vodafone and Idea to form Vodafone Idea. Now we have a mega merger in the, the Indian broadcasting sector, two of the biggest uh, broadcasters in India. We have a traditional Indian company, if I may call the uh, entertainment enterprise as that, over 65 channels covering all, all kinds of uh, content zones, covering, covering the most uh, important Indian languages, more than uh, uh, 15, 20 Indian languages. And then you have Sony India, of course, is the, the, the Indian company of, of Sony. It's a mega merger. We are talking about when it will it will be completed because it's still under the the watchful eye of the regulator we, and the competition commission. So we are expecting after the summer of 2022 to hear some final decisions, uh, which everyone now in India expects to be positive uh, about the merger. We're talking about the largest broadcaster, the one who can directly compete against Disney Disney owned Star India controlling over 27% of viewership, as I said, controlling over 100 TV channels, two major online video services, Z5 from the part of Z and Sony Live from Sony. As um, you know, India is a country prolific in producing content, so huge uh, potential for producing uh, Indian original content. This merger had some, some, if I may say, legal challenges. One of the major investment in Z, Invesco company in uh, September 2021, tried to challenge legally the, the decision. Uh, what I want you to know is that uh, Z was looking for a partner for a long time ago, at least for the last three years. 
there were uh, talks between Z and Sony before in 2019 that didn't materialize. And uh, at the beginning of the year, there were talks between Z and Viacom 18, the Mukes Ambani controlled uh, media house. Uh, they, they didn't go, um, uh, they were not successful, but Invesco was uh, initially hoping that Viacom would have been the, the partner of Z. They challenged legally that decision uh, and they were asking for an extraordinary general meeting in order to, um, you know, um, push forward their, their strategy of uh, Hosting six members of uh, the uh, board of administrators, but they didn't. They didn't. Um, they didn't win the legal case. Although the, the court was in favor of holding the extraordinary general meeting, and today we know for sure that Invesco is in favor of the merger, and actually is trying to divest 7.8 percent of the 18 that it controls will be sell to uh, interesting uh, uh, parties. So uh, what this merger signifies, it signifies that now India is a very important market and foreign investment from the US and from other countries like we see with Disney is coming to, to India. Therefore, in order to survive in this very competitive environment, you need to be strong. You need partners, companies need to come together, and I'm sure the Z-Sony merger is not the only one we will see in the next three or four years. So at this point, you don't think there's really anything that's going to stop this merger from happening? You think all the legal troubles, everything like that has kind of been cleared? It seems that now Invesco, who was the main challenger, is, is stepping down. Actually, there are statements from Invesco that they are uh, supporting the merger, and they will uh, they will divest from uh, from Z. They will keep something like 11% of the of stake, selling the other 7.8%. I I believe that it will go forward. It may take some time. Many things in India take time. Uh, bureaucracy, red tape, if you want, is strong in India, but I think yes, it will it will go over. Well, Rome wasn't. Oh, yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day, as they say. The the merger is talked about in the report and written by you and your colleagues at Omdia. Uh, but one of the most striking key findings that I found uh, was the uh, one of the initial points made that uh, India in 2021 added 20 million SVOD subscribers. So I think it's a total of um, 73 million. 70, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, 2021. Yeah. Yeah, what, what, what are the key contributing factors towards this significant growth in a relatively short period of time? I try to, to make it brief, but the Indian online video uh, market, Jonathan, was revolutionized in the second half of 2016. When Reliance Joe uh, launches 4G, the, Reliance Joe is a telco that launched directly 4G networks, no presence before in 3G or, 4, or 2G networks, slashing the price by something like 70%. So actually giving very, very cheap mobile broadband to the Indian masses. The other telecom operators willingly or unwillingly were forced to, to follow. 
and therefore uh, India became one of the cheapest, if not the cheapest mobile broadband market in the world. Uh, I think you and everyone can easily understand what that means when we're talking about the market of 1.3, 1.4 billion people. The second important milestone was two months after the launch of Reliance Joe, the Narendra Modi government in India decided to withdraw from circulation the, um, the banknotes of 500,000 rupees in a way to control the circulation of money, but also to help the, the state, help, help the tax revenues authorities, meaning it will force the Indians to reveal their actual incomes in that way. At that time, only 3% of Indians had a bank account, but many Indians were um, in a way forced to open bank accounts and also to start doing transactions online, which is very useful when mm. we're talking about the uptake of online video services. What follows was really, you know, an explosion of uh, adopting uh, uh, online video, of subscribing, or even for the AVOD services to grow substantially. But more importantly, India, as I said before, is a prolific producer of content. Very wisely, the two major US um, uh, OTT services, Netflix and Amazon Prime Video, decide to invest in producing Indian original content. And they were followed by the Indian online video operators as well. So we can say that cheap mobile broadband, fast penetration of smartphones, smartphones, some of them Indian produced are, are really cheap in that country, and huge investment in content together with uh, partnerships between telcos and online video services have contributed significantly to the growth of the Indian online video market. In terms of SVODs, you just mentioned there Disney Plus Hotstar and the report notes that uh, the streamer accounts for literally half of all streaming subscribers in India. Is it an oversimplification to say that this is just down to or primarily down to the um, Indian Premier League cricket rights or are there other contributing factors there? Very good question. Uh, just to add something also to, to the previous one, the lockdown, of course, also yeah. was the facilitating factor. Now, Disney Plus Hotstar, um, uh, yes, is, is undoubtedly the leading uh, online video platform in the country. In fact, Disney Plus decided to enter the Indian market not as a standalone product, not just, just Disney Plus, but as a Disney Plus Hotstar, precisely because Hotstar was by that time the leading OTT platform in India. And importantly, the plan was in 2020 to launch just before the start of the Indian Premier League season. The Indian Premier League season in normal years, of course, because we had uh, the COVID um, the COVID year 2020 and 2021, is held between the end of March and the end of May every year. So we are now in the IPL season in India. Therefore, yes, cricket and especially the IPL, because I have to say that Star India controls uh, other cricket properties as well, but the IPL is the prime property. There's no doubt about that. It's a very important uh, uh, you know, contributor to to, to uh, Disney Plus uh, Hotstar dominance. However, we have to say that Star India is one of the most popular broadcasters. They are producing uh, a lot of Indian content themselves. Therefore, uh, they have managed, they have successfully managed through a combination of Western content provided by Disney and Indian content produced by Star 
to keep most of the uh, subscribers that come from the, for the IPL season in the rest of the year for the, for the other months. So we have to say that yes, probably without the IPL rights, Disney Hotstar might not be the number one online video service in India. However, they have a, 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 a very important portfolio of Indian original content in series, in the movies, uh, to be among the among the top. And on, on the topic of the IPL, we recently reported that uh, Amazon and Reliance are both considering bids for the rights tender with the tender currently ongoing uh, closes, I think, uh, middle of or kind of early May. And as, as you said there, they may, Disney may not be the biggest without the IPL. What would it mean if either of those parties, Amazon or Reliance, were to were to win those rights? Jonathan, I believe that the biggest contender between the two is uh, Viacom 18, which is a company owned by Reliance Industries as well, is owned by Mukesh Ambani. Actually, very, very recently, uh, James Murdoch and the former CEO uh, of of Star India uh, have created um, a special vehicle company to 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 uh, spend 1.6 billion in acquiring a sir of Viacom 18 and uh, to many in the market, including me, this move was interpreted as a willingness from the part of Viacom 18 to uh, be a very strong contender for the IPL rights. I have to to say that uh, uh, steadily but gradually Viacom 18 is building uh, a sports portfolio. They have acquired many uh, football rights like uh, La Liga, like Serie A in uh, in India, plus some minor cricket rights already. They are creating sports channels uh, and they are hiring professionals in the sports rights industry. So I believe that um, Viacom 18 will be a strong contender. I believe that um, um, the US digital media companies, as we have seen in other markets, like for instance, the UK, might be interested for a small chunk of rights to complement the other activities, it e-commerce for, for Amazon, or um, you know, um, advertising for for Facebook. I don't believe that uh, all the rights will end up in the hands of uh, Amazon or Facebook. I believe it's going to be a battle between the three major Indian houses: Z plus Sony on the one side, Star India, the current uh, holder of the rights, and Viacom 18. It's interesting as well because I recently saw that the IPL wanted to offer multiple packages to different Indeed. broadcasters, Indeed. but Indeed. all of the broadcasters said, no, we just want there to be one package, which seems an interesting contrast to what we have in uh, in in the UK with the English Premier League. Certainly, I, I've seen lots and lots of stories recently about um, sports fragmentation in the US and things like the MLB spread across five, six different broadcasters. So it's interesting that we have that different kind of approach here in India. The approach is different, Jonathan, if I may comment on what you say, because in the case of the Premier League in the UK, uh, the Premier League uh, was not expecting uh, a significant rise in the price of the rights. 
and therefore it was uh, at the best interest of them to actually, you know, um, um, propose and move forward the proposal of um, an extension of the rights to the current holders, namely Sky UK and BT with Amazon keeping, you know, the, the small window they have. In the case of India, however, the BCCI, the governing body of cricket in India, is truly hoping for a big increase in revenues from selling those rights. So the, there are different perceptions. There's a big difference in perceptions, if I may say, between uh, the Premier League in the UK and the BCCI in India. And that is why uh, I don't believe the, the BCCI will step down from its uh, position to, to offer different packages, expecting obviously higher revenues through that uh, methodology. Some other things that I um, found interesting in the report um, was uh, a bit about the increase in telco OTT bundling. Why, why is this becoming such a prevalent thing in the Indian market now? We know that in every market, not just in India that uh, the bundling with Telco is uh, beneficial for online video services. It reduced significantly the customer acquisition costs, billing costs, customer relationship uh, management costs, uh, this kind of promotion, marketing, all this kind of stuff. From the side of the Telcos, what is offering is offering maybe the best tool to fight churn. The more OTT service they can offer is the best way to make their subscribers to stick with their services. Now, let's speak about India. We're talking about the market with over 55 online video services, subscription and a vote. A very competitive market and a market where, okay, if you are maybe a Netflix, if you are maybe even a Disney Plus hotstar, you may be in a position where uh, you can stand a standalone. However, the further down you go, the lander of, uh, how can I say, marketability, how, how recognizes your service, then partnering with the telco is maybe the best way to expand the footprint of your service, but also to gather important um, and very useful data about what people like to see, what people are interested to, to see from uh, an OTT service. For all these reasons, especially for medium to uh, small OTT service, maybe the only viable option they have is to partner with the telco. But even for the big ones, this is also really important because, as I said, this is a very, very competitive market. And uh, there are few telcos now, actually. One major result of Reliance Joe entrance in the market is that we have actually three, maximum four, if you include BCNL, the state-owned major telcos in a huge country like India. So uh, it makes sense to be partnering with the telco rather than be outside it's better to cooperate and do business with them, if, even if you are a major OTT operator. So we will see that um, continuing in the next few years. Already from our research, we know that two-thirds of the partnerships of the bundles, 67% is with telcos, and roughly one-fourth, one like 24%, is with pay TV operators. And the rest is with uh, uh, internet service providers, with uh, digital tech companies, with e-commerce sites, with uh, manufacturers and the likes. So, yes, 
uh, I believe that um, partnership between online video services and telcos will, will continue in India. It serves the business purpose of both players. Well, it's not just OTT operators that seem to be doing well in India. There are, the report also talks about pay TV operators with the number of pay TV subscribers set to hit 300 million by 2025. That's what you guys are projecting. How are operators in India adding subscribers at a time when pay TV operators around the world seem to be shrinking in their subscriber base? Very, very nice question, Jonathan. First of all, I want to clarify, 300 million is adding to adding all subscription uh, uh, video uh, right, okay. numbers. So it's pay TV and, and uh, online subscription video. In reality, pay TV is not growing in India. I'm talking about traditional pay TV, cable or satellite. And we have cord cutting in India. We do have cord cutting. Every player accepts that. What is in a way masking this code cutting is that India is a market where between seven to between five to seven million new TV households are added each year. Only 65 to 66 percent of Indian households have a TV set. So one third of Indian households don't have one. And they will continue buying TV sets because for societies like India, the owning of a TV set is also an issue of social prestige that you have a TV set. And therefore, we have a growing TV market. However, the pay TV market doesn't grow with the same rate. This is a clear indication that although on the one hand you have new additions, of pay TV households, you also have people who abandon pay TV in favor of OTT. So what we will see in the next three to five years is online video subscriptions overtaking pay TV subscriptions and maybe earlier than five years. I expect that to happen earlier than the five years time. And obviously pay TV operators adopting a dual strategy of keeping of course their pay TV business because you know, neither cable nor satellite will disappear in India, not at all. But having a dual strategy of the one hand of targeting the more traditional audience, maybe a little older audiences, people over uh, 45, 50 who might like to continue watching pay TV the way they used to, but also targeting younger people, those under 35 with OTT, specifically tailor-made for them OTT services. So I believe Pay TV operators, at least the big ones in India, will follow that dual strategy. So you, you mentioned there about there being an increase in, in TV households. There's always been a bit of a perception that dominant way of, of consuming video in India is via mobile. Is that still the case? And if so, why or do you think with, with what you're saying about TV households increasing, do you think the, uh, the focus on the mobile market is going to kind of uh, dissipate slightly? It is true. India is a mobile first market and it's true. Millions, if not tens of millions of Indians are watching audiovisual content through their smartphone, their mobile screen. However, we know that connected TV in Indian TV households are growing fast. 
currently there are below 20 million connected TV uh, households in India. But uh, we at Omnia, at Omnia expect it to reach uh, 40 million by the middle of this decade. And um, the ownership of a connected TV is growing and growing. Also, all major pay TV operators in India have launched hybrid boxes, Android based on Android TV operating system, where they offer on the one side satellite or cable, but also OTT. They are also becoming aggregators the way the telcos are becoming, exactly as a way to fight CERN, exactly as a way to approach also uh, audience beyond their traditional audience, the older ones, I said, the ones who prefer on traditional pay TV. And uh, therefore, although we expect the smartphone to remain the dominant device through which Indians are watching content, by the end of the decade, connected TVs will also form a very considerable part, uh, maybe half of, um, you know, TV viewing or OTT viewing in India. The last thing I'd ask you to wrap all this up is preferring takeaway coming out of your report is that India is is still a market that's skyrocketing, you know, it's growing and growing and growing and it shows no sign of stopping. Compared to other markets say like which are more mature the uk the us ones that come to my mind immediately things are not growing to the same degree as they are in india which is you know partly to do with population and partly to do with the market maturation how long do you think it will take for india to hit that point of maturity where we're not going to be talking about it being this big emerging market of skyrocketing um, subscriber numbers and that sort of thing and that we're going to hit like kind of a point of stability. Jonathan, I think we are uh, not close to that point yet. We are not because for the last three years, we, the analysts, were saying that, look, it's not going to continue like this. Uh, we're going to see mergers and acquisition at the scale we haven't seen before. And yet we are proven wrong. There are more and more, especially regional languages, online video services launched in India each year. So I think maybe towards the end of this decade, we will reach the same level, like uh, in already very mature Western markets, but not now, not in the next two or three years. So that's the show. Thank you very much to Omdia's Konstantinos Papavasolopoulos, and thank you for listening. If you're interested in checking out Consti's report on the Indian market, you can find more information over at omdia.com. TV Watch is written, produced and mixed by me, Jonathan Easton, and Digital TV Europe's editor is Stuart Thompson. You can find me on Twitter at EastJohnEast or get in touch with me via email at jonathan.easton at informer.com. You can follow Digital TV Europe at Digital TV Europe on Twitter and at digitaltveurope.com where you can sign up for our daily newsletter that will keep you up to speed on all the latest goings on in the TV industry. And if you're new to the show and would like to be informed when the latest episodes are released, you can subscribe to TV Watch on your preferred podcast platform of choice, be it Apple, Spotify, whatever. Thanks again for listening. Bye-bye.